Starting today on Daf Lamed Zayin Amid Beis, towards the bottom, the Gemara is discussing the Nanuim, the shaking of the Lulav and the Adal Minim. So the Gemara here brought from Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Chanina, you know what, let's uh, see it again inside. It's four lines from the bottom. Omer Abchome Barokve, Omer Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Chanina. Moilech, or maybe, do you bring the Lulav forward and back? In order to stop terrible or harmful winds. Milo, mighted, you take the lulu, shake it up and then down. To stop dew that could be harmful. So on this, from this we can learn. When you have leftovers of a mitzvah. Which means a part of a mitzvah that's not integral to the mitzvah, you yoytze without that part. Even just doing that part of the mitzvah will prevent punishment. Sharei, tenufa, the halach of tenufa by the shteyalecha, which the Gemara quoted before, shiyare mitzvah. That's something which is considered to be a leftover of a mitzvah. As Rashi here brings, when the Pasuk says the mitzvah of tenufa, so it says that the tenufa, the raising of the shteyalecha and the lambs is done, but the question is, that's not the kapara. The kapara is the spraying of the blood on the mizbeach. So therefore, when it says in the title lachaper, what this means is that it's a mitzvah in a mufchar. In order to do the mitzvah in the best way, so you do it also with the tnufe in order for it to be the full kapara. So what do we see? That even just this added part, which is a mitzvah in a mufchar, the Gemara calls it shiare mitzvah, is also something that could hold back peronius, the, the punishments that comes. And it stops the winds and the dew that are harmful. And Rav adds and says, The same thing is by Lulav, when you shake the Lulav and it stops these bad winds and so on. So the shaking is not part of the mitzvah itself. You yeh to the mitzvah just through Vulakachtem, taking the Lulav. And with that itself, and nevertheless, if you add also the shaking, that will stop the winds and so on. He would shake the lulav, he would bring it forward and bring it back to himself. And Omar and he would say, This, that we're shaking the lulav, is like an arrow in the eyes of the satan. As Rashi explains, because it's showing how dedicated we are to the mitzvah. We do the mitzvah and we even add this part of the mitzvah as well, which is not necessary. So therefore, it's, it's an arrow in the eyes of the eight Sahara that he won't have any more kayach to come and uh, say anything negative about Yidin. The Gemara adds, It's not a good idea to actually say this. Because this will come and instigate the Yitzhahara to try to cause a Yid to stumble to do an Aveda. The Yitzhahara will try even harder to cause a Yid to do an Aveda. A person that was coming from the way. And in the, in the early in the part of the day when he was traveling, he didn't have a lulav for the mitzvah. When he comes into his house, he should take the lulav al shulchanai on his table. What does al shulchanai mean? As you see, we're giving the shear here when the sun is setting. If you're watching this, so I'm sorry about the uh, the sun that's blocking here. Anyways, so what does it mean al shulchanai? That even if he sat down to eat and now he's in the middle of a suda. But nevertheless, he should stop his suda and he should go and fulfill the mitzvah of lulav. Loi notal shachris, if he did not take the lulav in the morning, yito ben arbaim, you can take it anytime during the day, even in the afternoon. 
Shekol ayayim kasher lulev. The entire day is kasher for the mitzvah of lulev. I believe it says in the Paiskim that on the first day of Yantif, since it's Menatayre, you should even take the lulav ben Ashmashis. But on the other days, which is only Midrabanon, it's only before Shkia. So the Gemara now asks a question. Amrit, what did you say in the Mishnah? Naitloi al Shulchanai. That he was eating, he began eating, and it was the time of the mitzvah of lulav, but he has to stop his suda and fulfill the mitzvah. The Meimre, shall we say from that from here we see the mafsik that you have to stop your meal for the mitzvah. That Amini, I'll ask you in a contradiction. It's this is a Mishnah in Mesech the Shabbos in the first Pedic, which discusses Mincha. And there it says, in if they began eating the meal before the time of Mincha. So then, even though the time of Mincha came, you don't have to stop your meal. And as Taisvis points out, the Taisvis in Mesech the Shabbos, even though so the question, I mean, the question of the Gemara here is that here it says you have to interrupt the meal, and there it says you don't have to interrupt the meal for Mincha. But seemingly there's a simple distinction. Here he began his meal after the Zaman of Mitzvah's Lulav began already, in the daytime. Over there it's talking about someone that began his meal before the Zaman of Mincha. So Taisus there says, from the fact that the Gemara here asks this question, and it doesn't give this answer as a distinction, is a raya that there by Mincha, even if you began your meal after the Zman of Mincha arrived, once you began your meal, you don't have to stop. You could continue eating, and only when you finish, you daven Mincha. So that's the contradiction here. Omer Rav Safra, so Rav Safra answers, Leikashi, it's not a question. Hodik is Shuspi Yoim. Over here, when it says by Mincha that you could continue eating, is because there's more time in the day. You'll be able to daven Mincha when you finish eating. Here we're talking about someone that came later in the day and he began eating and if he's going to finish his meal there won't be enough time of the day to do the mitzvah of lulav. Amarav goes back and says, wait a minute, my kushi, what's the comparison of the mitzvah of lulav and davening mincha? Dilme, maybe we could simply say, lulav is a mitzvah minatayra, so therefore you have to stop your meal. There it's Mincha. Davening Mincha is only a mitzvah with Rabbanon, so therefore you don't have to stop your meal. This is one of the sources where the Ramban argues on the Rambam and says, from here we see that the mitzvah of davening every day is only with Rabbanon. Because the Gemara says the mitzvah of davening Mincha is only with Rabbanon. But the truth is, as the Pais can point out, and this is brought in Shadish Mitzvah Satfila from the Tzemach Tzedek, even according to the Rambam, there's a Chiv of Mitzvah, a Chiv of Tfilim and Atayra every day, but not the three times that we dive in Shachris, Mincha, and Even according to the Rambam, that's not Menatayra. And that's what the Gemara here is saying, that it's Midrabanon. So Rav is questioning the whole entire question. What, what are we asking over here that there's a comparison of Lulav Menatayra to Mincha, which is only Midrabanon? Therefore, says, If there's a question here, here's the question. The question is on this mission itself. What did it say in the beginning of the mission? You should shake the lulav even there on your table, you're in the middle of eating, you should stop your meal to do the mitzvah. You have to interrupt your meal for this. Then it says right afterwards in the Mishnah, You didn't shake the lulav in the morning. You can take the lulav later in the afternoon. So in this part of the Mishnah you see that in the middle of the meal you do not have to interrupt. You can do the mitzvah later in the day. And on this comes the answer. Two parts of the Mishnah do not contradict each other. In the second part of the Mishnah is where he had enough time in the day so he can take it until later in the day. And the first part of the Mishnah, he does not have enough time in the day, so he has to stop his meal and do the mitzvah right there. But now on this, Rav Zayda comes and asks a question, why is this a question? Dilme, the Pshat in our Mishnah. 
The two parts of a Mishnah are b'chlal not a contradiction. Why? Dilme mitzvah lavsuki. The mitzvah is you should interrupt your meal to do the mitzvah because we're afraid otherwise he'll forget. Even if there's enough time in the day, he might be a pishay. He'll forget later to do the mitzvah. So you're supposed to stop in the middle. That's the first part of the Mishnah. And then the second part of the Mishnah teaches me, if you did not do the way you were supposed to to stop your meal and you continued eating, so then you could take the lulav later in the afternoon, because the entire day, you can do the mitzvah the entire day. So the answer is very simple. There's no contradiction in the Mishnah because it's telling you what you're supposed to do. And then be the other that later if you didn't stop, so you can do the mitzvah the entire day. So that's not the question. Elam at Abzeris, so therefore Abzeris says, Lo'oilam, really the contradiction that we, were at, that we asked in the beginning is the contradiction that has to be answered. Lo'oilam, kedomrina me'ekara. Really the question here is, like we said in the beginning, that there's a stira here from Lulav to Mincha. By Lulav it says you have to interrupt your meal, and by Mincha it says you do not. And the question we had over here, Rav asked, what's the comparison? Lulav is minatayra and Mincha is here as well, we're not talking about Yontif, we're talking about Yontif Shani. Whether Yontif Shani or actually Cholomayid, we're talking about Cholomayid when the mitzvah of, of Lulav is only Midrabanan. The mitzvah of Lulav Minatayid is Lakachtam Lachem Beyem Merisha, and the rest of the days are just a Zechel and Mikdash that we're there, the mitzvah is seven days. Dekenami, I can prove this to you also from the language of the Mishnah itself. The Diktani, it says in the Mishnah, Misha Baba Derech, someone that was coming from his way. And he did not have a lulav. That's what the case is. If we're talking about the first day of Yantiv, is a person allowed to travel on his way? And the traveling on the way means that you're traveling out of the Tchum. That's what the Lashon of traveling on the way means. And are you allowed to travel on Yantiv, out of the Tchum? So it must be talking about a Cholomayed. And then we're saying that you have to interrupt your meal, even though the Chiv of Lulav is Midrabonon. Therefore, the question, therefore, Rav Safra was addressing this question, the stira between Lulav and Mincha, they're both Midrabonon. Zogdei Mishneh. continues with halachas of Halal, since we mentioned before about the time when the mitzvah of Lulav is during Halal. So therefore, it continues here with halachas of Halal. If someone had, whether an Eved, Eved Kanani that is, or a woman, or a cotton, they were saying for him the halal. As the custom then was when they in, in, instituted saying halal. So not everybody knew the halal by heart. So therefore one person, a Shleich Tzibur, read the halal. And everybody said after him. So if um, you have, now exactly what you have to say after the Shleich Tzibur that is reading it for everyone, we'll see in a moment. But if you hear the Mishnah says, if the one that's reading the halal for you, is an Eved, or an Isha, or a Katan, so then, You're going to have to respond after them, everything that they are saying. And the reason is, when someone else is saying the Halafi, a regular Shleich Tzibur that says the Halafi, you don't have to repeat all the words that he says. You only repeat after him, Halalukah, Halalukah, as we'll see soon. Because you're Yaitza with him saying it for you. He's a Godel, and he can be made to you. But when it comes to an Eved, an Isha, or a Katan, since they are not Mechoyiv in the Mitzvah of Halal, even our Isha as well is not Mechoyev because it's a Mitzvah Seisha's man grama. So therefore, they can't be Maitz you. That's the cloud when you Maitz someone else with a Mitzvah. If you're obligated in the Mitzvah, you could be Maitz someone else. They can't be Maitz you. So if they're the ones reading it for you, you're going to have to repeat every single word after them. And the Mishnah adds, 
and he deserves to be cursed for doing it in this way. As Rashi here says, if you don't know how to say it yourself and therefore you're relying on someone else, that's a cotton to say it for you, so you should be embarrassed that you, can't, you don't know how to read it yourself. And even if you do know how to read it yourself, it's not covered for the Eibishter to have a cotton, the one, or cotton, the Eved, or Isha, to be the one to read it for you and everyone else has to follow after him. So these are not the right people to appoint as a Shliach Tzibur for everyone. Now, if there was a Godel that's the Shliach Tzibur that's reading the Halal for everyone, so then, so then you answer after him, you say Halaluka. When do you answer Halaluka? So as Rashi here says, I'll call Dova You say Halaluka after everything. He says Halaluka, you say after him Halaluka. And then he says, Halaluka Lavde Hashem. He answer Hallelujah. Then he says Hallelujah Hashem. He answer Hallelujah. You keep on answering Hallelujah after every piece that he says, and the Rambam brings this down also, and uh, in the in the Chanake where the Rambam brings the halachas of Hallel, and there the Rambam says it comes out that you end up saying 123 times Hallelujah, and Yerushalmi gives a simon for this that it's the same years, the, the, the years of the life of Aaron Akain. There's a sikha by Riches from the Rebbe about this in Chelek Chav Dalet, I believe, where the Rebbe discusses, or yeah, Chelek Chav Dalet, where the Rebbe discusses the significance of this number and connected to Aaron But uh, that's what it's saying here. Every single piece you have to say Halalukah after the Shliach Tzibah. In places where the Minig was to repeat the words of Halal. And there's different uh, gerses or different shittas about this, whether it means repeating the whole pasik or it means repeating the words. So yichpal, you should follow the minik to repeat the words or repeat the psukim. As Rashi here explains, since there's parts of halal where the psukim repeat themselves, in the capital of Haidu Lashem, it says Haidu in the beginning, it says Haidu afterwards, within that capital itself, there's a lot of psukim that repeat itself. So therefore the minik was that the rest of halal also should be said in this way to repeat yourself. Lifshait, Yifshait, and other places where the meaning was to say the Psukim just once, so you say it like the minig once. Levarech, Yevarech, if the minig is to say the bracha of Yahalalukha after the end of Halal, so you say that bracha. Hakoil, Kiminig Amadina, when it comes to Halal, you follow what the minig is. Tonarabanon, we learned in Abraise. So this is a halacha that's not directly about Halal, but this is a halacha related to what we said in the Mishnah about the Evid Isha and Cotton. In truth, it was said, so Rashi says, whenever it says this expression, this refers to a halacha that nobody argues about. Ben mevarech la'aviv, a son could do benching and be mighty his father. The eved mevarech la'rabai, a servant, the eved kanani, could bench for his master. Ve'isha mevareches la'bayla, and a woman could bench for her husband. So now what exactly the case of this Braise is speaking about is in itself a machlaikis. According to Rashi, we're speaking of here about a ben, which is a cotton, and an eved kanani, and an isha. All of them are not chayv to bench menatayre. Actually, regarding Aisha, there's a suffix in the Gemara and Brachis, and the Gemara there doesn't uh, resolve if she's chayv a potter. It's a big machlaikis between Rishayim if Aisha is chayv a potter. A cotton is definitely potter. So, what does it mean? How could a cotton, which is potter and benching menatayre, be mighty the father? So, Rashi here says we're talking about a case where the father only ate a kezayis or a kebeitze, depending on which opinion a shear that he's only chayv to bench midrabanon. So if the father is chayv to bench midrabanon, so the son or the isha that's chayv to bench midrabanon could be might see the father or the husband with that chayv. That's the case according to Rashi. According to other Rishayinim, we're talking here about the chayv of benching menatayra, and we're talking about a son that's above bar mitzvah, and we're talking about an isha, and an isha is chayv menatayra. That's uh, another pshat, I believe, that Ramban learns that way.
It's like a Gemara in Brachas, there's a big discussion in the Rishayim over there. So the Brachas here concludes, similar to what it said in the Mishnah, Aval Omru Chachamim, however Chachamim said about this scenario, Tavai Me'eda La'adam Shishtei Banim Mavarchan Lai. Person that his wife or his son have to be Meitziyam and he and himself doesn't know how to bench, deserves to be cursed for this. And here are some important halachis about halal. That Rave tells us certain minhagim that we do about with halal that are, that are connected to the way saying halal was originally instituted. Very important or powerful halachis. We can learn out from the minhagim that we have in halal today. So as Rashi and Tesis explain over here, when halal was initially instituted, there was a shliach tzibur that said the halal, and not everybody said the halal. The shliach tzibur said it, and everybody else would just answer or listen, for the most part, and answer halaluka, as it said in the Mishnah. But then in later generations, and the way the minig is today, since everybody knows how to say halal, so everybody says the halal. But nevertheless, there are certain minhagim that we still left today as well in order to remind us of those original halachis, the way it was when halal was originally said only by one person and he was might see others that were bucky and that were not bucky. As we'll see here in the Gemara, there's a few different halachis. Now, there's going to be about six or seven halachis here, as we'll see. And not all of those minhagim that the Gemara mentions here are minhagim that we actually do today. And as Taisus here points out, just like it said in the Mishnah regarding halal, the same thing is also regarding these minhagim that the Gemara brings here. Not everything we do today because and if the minig is not to do it, we don't do it. So here it goes, there's a list of things. So the Gemara says as follows. The chazan begins and says, and the people respond to the chazan. When the chazan says, you're quiet, you listen, and then you respond and say, and the chazan listens to everybody responding, saying, and then you continue from there. This is connected, this is a, we left this minig in order to remind us that when it was originally instituted, they would answer Halalukah on everything that was said, that, on, on the beginning of Halal, that is. In the beginning of Halal, they would always answer Halalukah, and that minig was left today as well. And then the continuation of Halal. The Chazan says, And the people respond to that, Halalukah. Nikan, from here, why do we have this minig today? So this is showing us that the way it was instituted originally was that the, everyone else that was listening, that did not know how to say the rest of Halal, so they would listen. They would listen the entire Halal, but for every piece they would say Halaluka. So therefore today, as well, they left the minig that when you begin and say Halal Avdi Hashem, you should respond Halaluka. To, rem- to remember that there is that Halacha, that you could be listen to the whole thing and just respond Halaluka for every piece. A third halacha, who I mahaydul Hashem. The Chazan says haydul Hashem. The pasuk of haydul Hashem ki toiv kolam chastai veheinayim and haydul Hashem. And the tzibur answers haydul Hashem. This is a minig that we do do. What's the reason for this? Mikan. From here we learn out she mitzvah lanois rashi prokim that the mitzvah the way it was instituted then was that the person that's listening that can't say it himself and he's being yitzu with the Chazan, so he has to respond with the rashi prokim with the beginning of every capital. So in the first capital, where it begins with Halalukah, this is Rashi's Pshat. In the first capital, where it begins with Halalukah, for every piece of that capital, the person listening would respond Halalukah. When it came to the second capital, B'tseis Yisrael Mitzrayim, so for every piece that was said, the person listening would, be, would respond B'tseis Yisrael Mitzrayim. 
you respond and so to every single piece you would respond but you would respond and the same with every other piece you respond with the beginning of that capital just like the meaning that we do today that the chazan says and we respond after the chazan is they only respond or with that point of the beginning of the capital by the beginning of the capital the rest of the capital you say you always respond with halalukah so that's the third halacha that we could learn out. And the Gemara brings it Manami Rashi Prokim. He also said this that it's a mitzvah to answer, to respond with the beginning of the capital. Another thing, The Chazan says on Hashem and we respond on Hashem What is that reminding of us us of that is? Mikan that if, like it said in our Mishnah, if the one that was the Shliach Tzibah reading for everyone the Halal was a cotton, you have to repeat everything after him. You can't just say Halalukah. So as a reminder, as a simon for that Halacha, today as well, there's a part of Halal where we do the same. The Chazan says on Hashem, and we say on Hashem. Another Halacha, Hu Aiman Hashem The Chazan says on Hashem Atzlichana, And we respond after the Chazan with on Hashem Atzlichana. Mikan, from here we see that what this is reminding of, us of is She'em ba'al lichbal kaifal That the minig, if you want to repeat the psukim of halal, you could repeat the psukim of halal, like it said in the Mishnah, that that was one of the minhagim of how it was done. And finally, the last thing, hu aimeh, barach the chazan says, barach and the tzibur responds after him, not with barach but with b'shem Hashem. What is this coming to remind us of? Mikan the What this reminds us is we're not going to respond after the chazan. He says barachaba and we say barachaba. No, he says barachaba and we don't respond to barachaba because we're yaitzah with listening to him saying barachaba and then we continue and say b'shem Hashem. So again, this is to remind us of the minig of shemei kaina of the halach of shemei kaina when they initially instituted the halal. If you weren't bucky, you couldn't read it yourself. You listen to the chazan and you yaitzah with shemei kaina. So here there's a few important points about Shemei Kaina that Rashi says. The concept of Shemei Kaina, number one Rashi says, is only for a person that doesn't know, that can't say it himself. Then it could be Yaitzah with someone else. But if you could say it yourself, you should say it yourself. That's one point. The reason for this, so the Alter Rebbe and Simei Beis, it seems says that the Pshat is because the concept of being Yaitzah with someone else is because of Arvus. Because he's a guarantor, for uh, each year is a guarantor for another year doing a mitzvah, so he can be yaitzah and be mighty you as well. But if you're able to do it yourself, so you don't, shouldn't go to the arev, just like when someone owes money, you don't go to the guarantor before you go to the person himself that's obligated. So therefore, if you're able to say it yourself, you say it yourself. That's one thing that Rashi says. Another thing Rashi says is, Shemei Kain is relevant today, let's say you're in the middle of Shemei Nesra, and the Chazan is saying Kedusha, so you should stop and listen to him saying the Kedusha and Yoyaitzeh because of Shemei Ka'ina. And it's not considered to be an interruption in Shemei Nesra. Yoyaitzeh with just listening. Taisus, however, argues and says, if Shemei is Ka'ina, so if you're going to listen, if you're going to stop in the middle of Shemei Nesra and listen to the Chazan saying the Kedusha, so then it's as if you're saying it. Shemei Ka'ina means it's as if you're saying it. So therefore it's going to be a half-stick in your Shemei Nesra. So you shouldn't stop and listen to the Kedusha. So the Tzlach says, from here you see, from this Machlaikas of Rashi and Taisis, you see two different ways how to interpret this concept of Shemei Kaina. According to Rashi, Shemei Kaina means you're listening. It's not as if you said it. The listening alone will be strong enough that you'll be Yaitzeh by the other person saying it. But you didn't say it though. 
However, and therefore he says, you can listen in the middle of Shemayi Nasser, and you yaitzu with the listening, and it's not a half sick. On the other hand, Taisa says, Shemayi Kaina means that the Mitzis of Shemayi is like you're saying it. That's the Chilish of Shemayi Kaina. If it's like you're saying it, and that's the reason you yaitzu, so then it's going to be a half sick in the middle of Shemayi Nasser. If you're going to listen to the Chazan, so you shouldn't listen. So that's a fundamental machlekes on this subject of Shemayi Kaina. So the Gemara continues on the last point of Shemayi Kaina. So, a person that heard that someone saying a, a pasik or a bracha and you want to be yaitza with it, and you didn't answer him, you just heard. Mahu, what's that lacha? Kind of just with listening. So he answered and said, Chakimaya, the wise ones, Safraya, the, the teachers of the children, Vereshiyama, the leaders of the Eden, Vidarshaya, and those that Darshan, Umru, they all answered and said the same thing. Shama, Vilayana. If you heard, even if you didn't respond, you didn't say Amen, Yotza, you Yotza. Minami, Amr Abshim, Ben Pazi, Amr Abshur, Ben Levi, Mishum Bakapara. Minayin, Lushimea, Kaina. How do you know this halacha of Shemea, Kaina? And that's even if you didn't respond, you didn't say anything. V'chsev, Esadvarim, or the other Gersir on the side is, Kol Divriya Sefer, Ashakara Yeshio, or the Gersir is Melech Yehuda, that he read it. V'chi Yeshio, Koran. Did Yeshio actually read it? But we know that he didn't. Shafan is the one that read it because it says before the Chsev. It says in the Pasik, He's the one that read it and he did, not, he did not read it himself. So then, how can we say that he read it? So, here we see that if you hear it, it's as if you said it yourself. But how do you know he didn't actually say it afterwards or answer afterwards? Maybe after Shafan said it, Yeshio then came and answered and said it also. No, he did not say it. Because later in the Pasuk it says, Your heart was soft, subdued yourself in front of me. It says, when you, li- when you heard, you heard these words. Here I see that it's referring to a person that was hearing, not someone that was reading. So therefore we know that, that uh, Yeshua HaMelech did not say it, and nevertheless there is the halacha of Shemei Kaina. However, in Taisus here it says, if you look in the end of Taisus, Shama V'layana, Avagav the Shemei Kaina, Mekalmakim, Aine Adif, Mufcha. It is a Mitzvah Mufcha to answer. So I have back to the end of Halal. Loi Leimin Ish Barach Hashem. Do not say Barach in that Pasuk and then make a break and then say B'Shem Hashem. Because then it seems like B'Shem Hashem, you're saying David's name in vain. You're not saying Baruch Haba B'Shem Hashem. You're just saying Baruch Haba, and then you're just saying B'Shem Hashem separately. Ella, say it together. Baruch Haba B'Shem Hashem Badadi. Together. This slide, this parenthesis belongs afterwards, as we'll see in the Gemara. Then Vama Rav, a similar thing Rav said. When you're answering Yesh Meirabba, don't say Yesh Meirabba, and then take a break or a breath, and Vahadu Mavarach, and then Mavarach. That it should be clear that you're saying that Abish's name is Gebenched. Badadi, together. So Rav Safra said to Rav about this. Moshe, it's an it's a, uh, expression regarding uh, um, Rav, that's the Godla Dara, she says, a great, a great person, so he calls him Moshe. Are you saying something that's true? So he says, that's not, that's not an issue, he says. Even if you make a break, there's no problem. Whether it's in Halal, when you say, Baruch Abba B'Shem Hashem, or when you say, Yaish Meir Abba Mavarach. doesn't make a difference. Asuki Milsuhu, he has a mind to finish off what he's saying. And it doesn't matter if he starts, even if he doesn't finish right away, 
it's okay. It's not considered to be a break because his kavana is that he's finishing off and therefore it's not a problem. That's what Ashi says. Kavanasle ligmar, so therefore less lamba. Someone once asked me regarding our minig that we have when it comes to the Chazar HaSashat and when we say Keser, so the Rebbe used to say Shema Yisrael and then, together with the Tzibur and then wait and everyone would say the Hu Alekeinu and then afterwards the Shliach Tzibur says Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. So why are you making such a big break? You start with Shema Yisrael and you're not saying the whole Pasuk together. Then you just say separately Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. But you see here in the Gemara, the Gemara says even if you make a break, less Lomba. So making that kind of a break is not an issue.